Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and I'm very excited to release this episode here. It's with a minor league legend, and if you read the title, it's you know who it's going to be. And of course, you know I've posted who it's going to be, but it's if you're new to the show and you're just tuning in, it's going to be uh, Jeremy Yablonski. And if if you've never heard of Jeremy. You might be living under a rock, but if that's the case, I really highly encourage you to uh, go check out some of his fights. And, I mean, you could fall down his fight rabbit hole for hours, man. I know Drop Your Gloves is gone, but even just on HockeyFights.com and a couple other people who have posted, you can watch Yablonski fights for hours on end. So, I had a lot of fun doing this episode. Jeremy was fucking awesome. He clears the air on the KHL incident, the... um the off-ice shenanigans that him, Kit Brennan, and Morasti ended up getting over, or getting into over there. They ended up having a little scuffle with some Russian locals at a wedding, and he clears the air on kind of what happened, how that all kind of brewed over, and ends up, uh, <laughs> he ends up getting suspended, and sure enough, he ends up fighting, or not, excuse me, not fighting, he arm, he arm wrestles the vice president of the KHL, so he'll go over that and everything, and he also goes over his his one game that he had in St. Louis with Todd Fedoric, who he fought, and, you know, kind of chasing around Donald Brashear. He was very, very open about talking about his role as an enforcer, and kind of how it doesn't translate into the game today, and how it's, that, that element is missing and the embarrassing shit that kind of goes on now and stuff like that. But uh, before I go on a little bit, I want to apologize in advance. Um, my audio is a little bit low for the first five minutes of the interview. I've I normally I go back and I'll listen to about the first thirty seconds of my interview just to make uh, make sure that the audio and everything like that came out okay. But this time was a little bit different. So when I went back and listened, I realized it was low. But there's a reason for it. So. When I do an interview, it's through Skype, and you know, thanks to Darren on Fourth Line Voice for showing me how to do interviews and telling me what I need to do. But it's like on the Renard episode, <clears throat> on, a, on the previous episode, and if you haven't listened to that, please, I encourage you to go check that out. Renard was a fucking beauty. But <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I'm still getting over being sick. So he uh, he called me through Skype, and normally when you call through Skype, it's through like a uh, like the phone number. So I type in their phone number. And I'll call them, and I set up the interview that way. But this time around, it was actually a video call. So I was talking to Jeremy through the video. So it's like I had fucking Yablonski sitting here in my living room, <laughs> which was awesome. I had a lot of fun. Because you guys, you see, you know, see the expression on their face when they're talking about stories. And you can see when he's talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, he's talking about like the KHL and stuff like that. You can see his face like light up, and he gets happy talking about it. So it was, it was fucking awesome. But... I was kind of, uh, I guess, what's the word? I was I was focused on him in the video, so I'm far away from my from my mic, so I'm I'm kind of like over here, so you can't you can't quite hear me. Um, but it only lasts for about the first eh, five minutes or so of the interview, and then after that, it gets a little bit louder. And I've been trying to find. I've noticed in my interviews because I, I go back and I'll listen to them just for a little bit. Like actually, once the episode releases, so I'll listen to it on Spotify for about yeah five minutes or so, just to see if I can get the audio. Try to adjust the audio levels for you and make sure everything sounds crisp and everything like that. And my voice typically sounds good, and the other guy's voice will sound good. But I notice there's kind of that 
I don't know. It's like it's, it's like an empty space noise, but it's because I got to have the right level for the mic to be able to pick up everything loud enough for you guys. So I think it's just going to be something I'm going to have to live with. But I was trying to eliminate that. So I think that's also another factor into it. But like I said, after about five minutes, it, it kicks back on and everything sounds fine. And it's going to be in your wherever you're listening, whether it's through headphones or a car speaker. Because most of the time I listen to a podcast, I'm always listening in my truck on the way to work or when I'm driving around for work because it just entertains me, gives me something to do. But I think it's going to sound all right. And, you know, Jeremy's Jeremy's end sounded great. Yabo, Yabo was perfectly fucking fine in the episode. But my voice itself sounds kind of fucking shitty. So I do apologize. That's on me. I was just kind of, like I said, watching Yablonski from the side of the mic because it was on my computer. But... Like I said, it, it fixes itself, so it it all turned out good, and I really think you guys are going to enjoy this interview. I had a lot of fun doing it, and you know, Jeremy, if you're listening again, man, I I can't thank you enough for coming on. It was a fucking it was an honor and a privilege to have you on here. Lots of great stories coming from from or excuse me, coming up from the dub, and he goes over the uh, the famous ECHL brawl with uh, Idaho and Alaska, and how that all kind of started with him and Matt Nickerson just running around going crazy. And it was actually kind of good timing because if you haven't listened, and I mentioned it here in the episode, but if you haven't listened to it, go back to William over at the Biscuit. He just interviewed Matt Nickerson, and they kind of go over it too. So timing just kind of happened to work out well there. And you're able to get kind of both their sides on the story of how this whole crazy brawl started. And everybody sees this clip, and it's it starts off with just Idaho and Alaska and just that game. It doesn't show what happened prior. So people see Yablonski going crazy and, you know, kind of hitting a guy when he's down a little bit. And, of course, everybody's, oh, the code. He shouldn't hit a guy when he's down. Well, there's more to it. Yabo, Yabo's an honest dude. He doesn't just fucking hit people when they're down because he feels like it. There's always a reason for it. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some guys out there. Yeah, they'll hit him when they're down. But most of the time, about 90% of the time, there's probably a reason for it. So... Everybody jumps to conclusions in a 30-second clip or, you know, the minute-and-a-half clip of that brawl. But what actually happened was there was a... The other team, the Alaska Aces, were taking liberties with against Idaho the week before in a game. So that's how the brawl started. And you'll hear them. They, they fucking gave their, other, uh, their goalie concussion. <clears throat> so there's a reason for it. There's a method to the madness. It's a game within a game, and some people don't understand that. But... We go through it here, and I really think Yabo, Yabo says it best. He he really dives in deep of the role of an enforcer, what they're supposed to do, why they're supposed to do it, why some actions take place and liberties are taken in certain situations. So, like I said, awesome fucking interview, and I really, um, I really can't thank Yabo enough for coming on. And the podcast is still new, but I'm trying trying my best for everybody to. Get some good guests on, and like I said, Renard. If you haven't listened to the last episode, episode four, it's gonna that was with Jason Renard. Uh, Jason was a fucking beauty. So please, if you haven't listened to that one, go back and check that one out as well. <clears throat> Excuse me, but nonetheless, I'll I'm gonna end it here. I'll be done running my mouth. I try to keep these with under ten minutes for everybody, so I'm not sitting here running my mouth the entire time because I know the main focus here is on Yablonski. You don't want to hear me run my fucking mouth for. 10 minutes on end so without further ado we'll pass it over to uh, Yablonski but before we do that just do me a favor go check out the OG Enforcer podcast fourth line voice my uh, my good buddy Darren 
<clears throat> has great interviews out. He just interviewed Joey Tedarenko. So go check that one out. I know William's coming out with another player, but like I said before, he just uh, just released an episode with Matt Nakerson. So do me a favor. Go check those guys out. They're fucking great dudes. They've helped me a lot in this podcasting world. So I'm just kind of getting my toes. I dip my toes a little bit, but here we are. So I appreciate it. Uh, Darren and William, if you're listening, thanks again for all the fucking help you've given me. And, you know, hopefully this i can have a decent running here so hopefully it doesn't end after just five fucking episodes but without further ado here's jeremy oblonsky thanks everybody this should be good this should be very good all right here today on the five for fighting podcast we have a minor league legend in its own jeremy oblonsky jeremy how you doing man hey good thanks for having me well i appreciate you for coming on here man it's i'm still fresh in the podcasting world here but to get a guy like yourself is it's a fucking honor honestly <laughs> i definitely you know it's it's a it's a pleasure too it's you know it's always nice to get out and tell some stories back to the community you know after some years have passed and um, <laughs> it's always exciting to listen to other people's as well on these podcasts i love it do you ever listen to fourth line voice um a little bit i've started to do more of that lately um because right. into some just to kind of start to, you know so that's how i'm kind of getting into it all again like, <laughs> right. hearing some stories i'm like this is great you know oh, stuff yeah. you Exactly, it's all the nitty gritty, man. Because it seems like every time somebody has a player like yourself, like an enforcer, a tough guy on, they'll ask like two fight questions, and then oh, so what do you think of so and so's power play? Like that's not what the fuck we want to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't ask me about the power play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Watch. <laughs> um. So, well, before we get started with your hockey career, man, what are you up to now? Oh uh, yeah, I do some. Uh different kind of security stuff and i do some consulting a lot of uh consulting stuff for a couple different entities out there and government things so it's uh, yeah, it keeps me busy well there you go yep um so you know you had a, a very lengthy career in the minors i mean you had <clears throat> excuse me your one game in st louis but how, how did it all kind of start uh i guess when did you start playing hockey was it typical born on skates and start going yep. to the pond when you were three yeah, typical, you know, grow up in Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan, way up north. I mean, you grow up just, you're three, four years old um, on a little pond out in the farm. You know, I grew up on a big farm and ranch, and, you know, that's kind of where it started. And then we grew up in our town, that's what we had. We we wanted to play hockey, Meadow Lake minor hockey, right? And then you just kind of progress. And if you can get out of town at some point to the higher leagues, you do, you know, which I got lucky to do. And, um, yeah, that's how kind of the, the old story, yeah. <laughs> Well, now, is it true that you're cousins with John Morasti? I've th- I've read that somewhere and heard it. Cousins, you know, and then that's the thing, you know, oh, we're cousins, you know, but we did grow up together. Uh, John's, I believe, a year a year younger than me only, so we were close, you know, growing up together. You know, our, our town is small. I mean, right. we have less than five thousand people, so we grew up together. You know, we did a lot of fun things growing up together, playing hockey, times together, um, you know, fights after the bar together. <laughs> All the old school stuff, but um, yeah, yeah, we're definitely and um, definitely did growing up together. So, well, you got into the WHL with uh, with Edmonton and Kootenay. How did that kind of go about? Were you in any? I'm still kind of familiarizing myself with how Canadian hockey works, as far as like the junior levels, junior A, junior B, and junior C. So, how did you end up going to the Dub? Yeah, so that's obviously the Premier League, um, the WHL, and um, yeah. So I was um, I, I left home. I was what 15. Um, I went to Prince Albert to play AAA midget because it was a higher level. We don't have that in Meadow Lake. And that year I'd gotten, or the year before that, I had gotten drafted to the WHL draft to the Kelowna Rockets. Um, so then during the year, um, they traded my rights over to the Edmonton Ice at the time. 
uh, who which followed off. They were the uh, Kootenai Ice. Um, and then the next year I went there to camp and then I ended up making the club and that's kind of how I got there. You know, it's um, pretty simple steps. Uh, it's never easy when I look back at everything, but, uh, you know, I do look at it. It seems simple, but it was definitely a lot of hard work and I feel like there was more steps than it, than it was. <laughs> <laughs> right. So with the fighting aspect, did you, was that something that came kind of naturally right away or did, did you kind of get pushed into the role a little bit by a coach saying, hey, if you want to make it, you might have to do this a little bit? Yeah, not at all. No, I definitely, you know, I grew up a boxer, you know, um, I was a Golden Glove boxer and stuff. So I, I did that growing up as well. It was not my first sport. Hockey was always my true sport I loved. Right. Uh, Jim the Rip Kirby started a boxing club. Um, and Jim, Jim Kirby was just, that man is awesome. Um, I looked up to him for years after. Um, he trained Lennox Lewis at one time. You know, he moved up out to Meadow Lake, a little town not far from Meadow Lake. And we actually, somebody... I think it was our principal, Tom Gray, actually got him to start up a boxing club. You know, he goes, oh, okay. And so there was only about five or six of us that stuck with it, and everybody did really well. And so I just kind of, that's what I like to do, and I was always physical. So I went to, right. you know, see AAA midget. There wasn't a lot of fighting. You know, I was very physical hitting. And then, well, obviously, once you get into the Western Hockey League at camp, I was just running around hitting guys, trying to work my butt off to, you know, show what I could do. And Guys want to fight, so I just would start fighting, and I just kind of fell into that role, and, and I liked it. There was not a time that I did not like my job. I loved literally every second of that job, the good and the bad that goes along with it. I'd do it all again in a heartbeat. Right, and you could tell you succeeded well at it because it always seems like the guys who really enjoy doing the role, those are the ones who excel even more and kind of extend the longevity of their careers when they actually enjoy the role of enforcer. Yeah, and you know, you know, you know, and what I've learned from my, my side of the fence is when I was up against guys, when I was up against another individual that I know loved to fight, truly loved it, those are those are dangerous people. Yeah. You know, but look at like Marassi, he loved to fight. The guy was, t you know, he's just tough as nails, right? He could take shots, he could give shots. Trevor Gillies, so me and Trevor Gillies were best men at each other's wedding, believe it or not. We're still best friends, you know, to this day. I talked to him today, but we would try and kill each other on the ice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I always knew, I was like, I'm like, he's going to try and punch my fucking head in. <laughs> I'm going to do the same. You know, and we, there's there's one fight. God, there's one fight we had over the years. It was like I literally had, like, to get some scar tissue removed from my head after because I had a big growth on it. Jesus Christ. And, I mean, it was, a, yeah, we've had some wars over the years. And people, I still remember when we, when we both played in Peoria, uh, Illinois in the East Coast Hockey League before I went up to the American League. Me and Gillies both played there. So we both got called up after a month. I was in Worcester, Massachusetts with St. Louis, and he was, I think, in Lowell um, at the time. And then we went out and fought, and we fought three times in one game. And I'll never, and I'll never forget. All, the second fight, we kind of tripped along the board, so we had a third one. And I'll never forget. Like, we went in. It was maybe the second intermission. And Terry Virtue, he's an old-school, kind of crazy guy, will stick you in the face, you know, <laughs> these guys. And he goes, hey, Yabs, he goes, you and your buddy are fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Birch. I was like, you know, he goes, good job, man. You know, so it was definitely pretty cool. It was fun. Yeah, because I was looking through your fight card, which is nowhere near complete. But, I mean, it's, it's like every other fucking fight was Gillies, Gillies, Gillies. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Man. It was one of the things, right? You you know, the loyalties to the jersey. And, exactly. And some people couldn't understand. They're like, well, how do you – that's like your buddy. I'm like, yeah, our families are great friends. Like – um, her, my wife, Sharston and Danielle, they're just, they're great friends. And 
they're like, how do you do it? It's like, it's loyalty to the Jersey. Like it, it and it, there's, there's a reason I think, you know, the respect of the role. And he just happened to be one of the other number one guys in the league, right? right. There's a handful of these number one guys, I call them. Um, and Hey, something happens. You're going to do it. That's what it is. And I mean, you just, you have a beer after the game. Exactly. Well, it seems like that's something that's kind of missing the element in the game today. It seems like nobody, they, they might play for the crest, but they're also just buddy, buddy during, yeah. you know, warmups and shit like that. And, you know, which is fine to grab a beer after the game, but I feel like during the game, I fucking hate you. You know, it's just how it's got to be. Even me and Gills would skate the blue line. He's like, hey, Yabs, you going to fucking go tonight? And I was like, fuck yeah. And then we start lining each other up, and it's like, it's not like all laughs and giggles. Right. After we laugh about it, we're like, oh, my God, that was fun and crazy, and we're all banged up. And oh, of black. course. I mean, but, yeah, it's definitely, and I think there's a lot of that part of the game is missing. Um, I think it's got soft. It's one of the reasons I did leave when I did. I could have played a couple more years. I did get out of it because that, that major part of that role was kind of leaving. It yeah. had been. Um, it's one of the reasons I went over to Russia. Um, you know, not that they have a ton of fighting, but I was like, well, you know, I had some offers over there for years. So I was like, I'm going to try this out. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny how that all went. Um, I wish there was more of it in the game, more true policing amongst each other. You know, some of these little rats running around today, um, like Dick knows Marchant. I can't even stand that piece oh, of shit. I can't I mean, stand him either. And, and, and I don't, it's not that I don't think he's a good hockey player because I'll tell anybody just cause I don't like the guy. I'll tell you right now, that guy's a fucking phenomenal hockey player. Exactly fucking play the game he's awesome and he can be a little bit of a rat and that's fine but all the stupid cheap shit it's almost embarrassing i'm like don't do that to the game right and he guys like us watching from the outside if you did that 10 years ago you lose all your fucking upper teeth somebody would take your teeth out and not even think twice and you'd probably be done your career with a concussion because you're that much of a piece of shit Right, I always said if, if if he tried to pull that you know that licking shit on Bob Probert, he'd be cleaning it up on a fucking by a fucking mop, man. Like he'd yeah. be just mopped up off the ice. That guy would never step on the ice without dropping his gloves. If you put that's the way it was. Like even when I was first young, going into the American Hockey League when I was uh, like twenty one years old or so, I remember I played with Steve McLaren. You want to talk about one of the toughest guys I've ever played with? Never had to fight. Was Steve McLaren? I don't. They called him Woody. And start Stone Cold Steve. <laughs> and that guy was tough. And it was like that. If somebody did something to the team, he would wait there. And as soon as they stepped on the ice, boom. And they knew. The guy knew. He'd be like, Stanley, you'd drop his gloves. Yeah, he had and to be accountable. You, you're accountable. You know, there's that's not the way it is today. And, um, you know, on, on the NHL side, the way they project and protect some of these players, it's, it's kind of sickening to me. I still love the game. I love the game of hockey because it's um, it's still hockey, but there's parts of it I think have changed. Um, you know what I was truly passionate about, and I'm not saying there should be line brawls left and right. Exactly. Um, but I mean the the true policing and the, the the accountability is not there like it used to be, and that kind of rubs me the wrong way. That's ex dude, literally <laughs> fucking words right out of my mouth, man. That's just how it is now. I I've watched hockey since as long as I can remember, which is probably about '98, and I probably stopped watching about a year and a half, two years ago. And I still – I love the game of hockey. It's my favorite sport in the whole world. But I can't stand today's hockey. And, again, like, like you said with Marshan, it's not, it's not him as a player. It's his actions. I don't like his actions and shit like that. I'll never knock a, a top-tier professional athlete. It's just I don't if, – if they have certain actions that they do and they're not held accountable for it in the game of hockey, I fucking hate them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's the same thing, yep. And, I mean, if that guy was just – 
if he played and acted like that, would I want him on my team? No, I wouldn't. If he would just be the player he is, and, and I'm not saying don't be a rat, because hey, there's an element, yeah, get under guy's skin a little yeah, bit. Exactly. But and, and that's the game part, within the game. But but yeah, but there's a point to like where he's taking it, it's embarrassing. Right. And I'm you know, if he didn't do that, I'd be like, I would want that guy on my team. Because yeah. But um yeah, unfortunately he just take takes it to another level and they're real dirty shit and punching people behind and skating away. It's like really? Now you're embarrassing not yourself, you're embarrassing the game. Exactly. Like, and then yeah, everybody sees the replays after. You can't get all away from a replay nowadays and it's like look at yourself. Like if if I did that, I'd be embarrassed. Oh, exactly, man. Hundred percent. Well, that first year you had um with uh Kootenay, man, I mean you fucking you went out swinging. You had Randy Ponte twice, Stephen Pete, Chris Graff, Josh Mazur, Steve McIntyre. Like you didn't, you weren't fucking holding back at all. It was, was it just any anybody yeah. wanted to step to the plate? You were going. Yeah, yeah, that was it, man. That was you know trying to do your thing, man. Stephen Pete, dude, tough. That guy's tough. Oh, I've heard um, he was. Just, well, I didn't. I never got to see him play in the dub, but he was just like a man amongst boys back then. That guy, when I fought him, I was in I was in Edmonton. He was in Red Deer, and I remember because we didn't meet up till the. Till the later part of the year because we started off not playing them. He broke his hand. So we had played Red Deer numerous times. He wasn't in. Aaron Ashton was playing. Um, he was a little undersized for me. In a sense, not that Ashton could not fight because that guy's tough too. Um, right. But then I didn't – and I was doing well. Fought most of the big guys. There was big Tony Mohagan. There was a lot of you know, other guys too. And so it came around and I, and I fought Petey. And I was pretty confident. But um, I remember going in swinging, tagged with a couple, holding on, and, man, he'd come around with some, and he fucking drilled me hard. And um, I went down to a knee. I mean, he had put me down in that fight, and I went to the box, and I was like, I couldn't close this side of my jaw, my, my left side. And I was like, holy shit, did I break my jaw? So I was in the penalty box. It went off, and I remember Rick Chammies are trying. I'm like, Rick, I was like, come take a look at this. And he's like biting. My jaw was separated. <laughs> He goes, no, he goes, I think it's just dislocated. And he was feeling under my jaw and left side. He goes, just relax. He goes, I'm trying to feel it. And sneak, sneaky prick he was, um, he goes, bam, and he hit me under the jaw. And he popped my jaw back in place. Oh, man. I was like, holy shit. My jaw was sore for a good week or so, like oh, eating. I guarantee it. He popped it back in place. But, yeah, man, Big P was tough. And, um, you know, Max tough, too. Um, um Mac is probably the toughest guy I've ever fought. Once he was in pro, um, Mac was truly the one guy that fucking dropped me like a bag of hammers, dude. He, that guy's a force. Oh yeah, you don't get hit with that guy's fucking hands, dude. He will knock you the fuck out. I, well, I, I've talked to Fourth Line Voice about it, and he can agree with McIntyre. He was such a nice guy. If he was meaner, he would have been even fucking like more scary. Like, He's one of the greatest guys ever. Like oh, I talked yeah. to Mac after. Um, like we still talk about stuff like after hockey, dude, he, he's, he's from Saskatchewan country boy, great guy. Um, he's not a mean guy, but at the same time, that's kind of what's scary. Like he doesn't turn away from a fight and some of that's people like, Oh, if he was meaner, I'm like, he doesn't have to play meaner. Right. I'm like, he doesn't have to be mean. It's like, it's like a lion, like a lion's a lion. Cause you know, it's a lion. It doesn't have to do anything. Um, you know, that one year in the American League, he knocked out cold like five or six guys. Oh, yeah, like, I think I just posted that video. <laughs> like, not like, oh, you beat him. Like, he was knocking guys out cold oh, where they yeah. need to get off. And, like, man, he's tough. And he's a great guy. Right. He is. 
So, I mean, how did you end up in the West Coast Hockey League? Did you end up getting a call on the phone saying, come on out, we need a little bit of uh, grit in the lineup? So when I was in Kootenai, we're in the, I was in Kootenai Ice when I was a 20-year-old. I, um, I got traded to Seattle because we had too many 20-year-olds. You're only allowed three. So I went over there. Dean Schnelf was a co- coach. Great guy. Love Dean Schnelf. Um, just an awesome guy. Awesome coach. Um, I come off a big suspension in Kootenai. Um, it was a line brawl, and I dropped a couple people. Um, it was a little bit ridiculous. I was younger. Um, probably something I wish I wouldn't have did, you know, looking back now. but. Right. Um, and then I went into Seattle and so my first game back, this is funny and you can only find it on some of the, the, the stats. Um, you have to look carefully where it shows my Seattle game. I scored two goals. Um, and it's hilarious. So I actually scored two goals in the one game I played for the, for the Thunderbirds. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, and I was a 20 year old. So I was like, this is great. But at the end of the game, um, somebody ran over one of our guys and as we were all, the team was going out, I went out and start hitting this guy. And I just come off this like 10 game suspension or seven game suspension. So they suspended me for a whole long time. And Dean was like, look, we might have to bring another 20 year old. I was like, okay. And then, so I knew a guy, Epper, Kevin Epp, he was playing over in Phoenix. And um, he's like, yeah, you want to come out here? And I was like, sure. So, you know, I went down there and played there. And then my next year I went over, played in, uh, in Boise and uh, for, for the steelheads and then i kind of had to get out of the west coast because they weren't getting calling guys up um like they were from the east coast hockey league at that time right. so i'd went over got to play for jason christie um who helped me tremendously through my career i'm still friends with him and his family today and um went there and spent a month or so there got called up uh, you know to the american league from there well i mean that year in priori you had you guys just had a fucking squad, man. You had, <laughs> you had, you had Lawmaster, Belza, Gillies, and Brad Voth. Like Jesus oh, like, Christ! Not even, like so, like that's not like you have to understand. Like the, there was like me, Gillies were there for a while together. We had Brad Vother was there. Um, we had Anthony Belza, so he's he was on that team. People don't know another guy that could really like seriously chuck him, Trevor Baker. Um, the guy could play hockey. The skinny little prick. <laughs> Ray the little bastard would fucking fight anybody and would do well. Like that guy was like this crazy and he could just chuck him. Kind of remind me of like a small Chris Simon, but he was tough and he could play. And then we had Josh Kern there too. Um, Josh Kern played with us. And another guy, it's like, that was the guy, like if you push him to the edge, the, the dynamite goes off and he would lose his shit. And that guy was, was a strong dude. And yeah, he would lose his shit. And so, we, and we had a team that was like just feared. Like even other guys had a couple tough guys. I mean, we're rolling in with like five guys yeah, that are ready. Got that Peoria flu going on before the game, right? Oh yeah, they used to. That was funny. That was funniest thing because they had stuff. They had signs up. Oh, this guy wouldn't dress or like whatever, whoever his name was, blah blah blah. The Peoria flu, and there's people by the bench holding it up, right? Oh, it was hilarious. Oh, that's brutal. They would wait till the fucking game notes or, or the. Uh... <laughs> the lineups are released and make signs about it. That's hilarious. Oh, it was awesome. Fans in Peoria were just unreal, too. Awesome place to play hockey, man. Great community. Um, I had a great time there. I'm actually trying to catch a Peoria game um, come Christmas time. I, the, the, uh, I always go up to visit my family up in Iowa, and they have the Quad City Storm. And apparently that rivalry they have with Peoria is supposed to be really good. So hopefully hopefully there's something. I was, I was trying to think about it the other day. The last time I saw a fight in a hockey game, I literally can't remember. Yeah, I just can't. It's fucking terrible. 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you're in you're in um, Worcester, and you you still fought everybody again, man. Vandermeer, Bonvi, Gillies, Segroy, and then you fought McMorrow three times. Like you did, you did, you just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> you just no, did it. I, I knew my role. <laughs> thing right i knew my role um and i loved it you know i loved what i got to do i loved to play hard um i definitely was still had to work on some of my game then obviously i wasn't this offensive talented um you know i had to learn a lot of the game which kept me in the american league the later years is because my conditioning um my skating i did a lot of work on my skating i'd literally win the speed competition at nhl camp oh wow oh. Yeah, and I'd go in at like 240 pounds. My training, my regiment was just insane. Everything I would do year-round, I'm still big into that training, nutrition. Um, so that helped me a lot stick around the game because, you, you know, you couldn't be a liability on the ice, right? You had to be able to play um, at that level. The American League is a good level. I mean, it's it's fast. It's good. Yeah. That's um, why I laugh when people say, oh, he just played in the American League. Like, oh, just the fucking American League. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, don't. Yeah, there's like half those guys. At least half those guys in that American League team could get called up to the NHL, and you wouldn't even know that they haven't been there. Oh, exactly. I mean, they're extras, and I mean, what's funny is too, some of those guys in the American League even work hard. They work harder. Not to say the guys in the NHL don't, but they're they're fighting for a spot. Yeah, they're so, hungry. Yep. So when you get called up to St. Louis, what was that? What was that day like for you? Oh, it was unreal. I mean, I remember. So I had who did I? So I fought. So this is funny because I think I fought Gillies twice. I think a few days before I fought. And then the next night we played, I fought Mel Engelstadt. You want to talk about another guy that could fight? Yeah. Fucking one cell Mel. How did that go with Mel? Um, Mel, I'll honestly say, I think Mel got to better me that fight. I mean, I did good off the start. I, you know, we squared up and, and, you know, he was obviously a little veteran at the time. I'm a rookie. And I was like, Hey, you know, and I didn't know him all the time, even though he's from Saskatchewan. I was like, hey, you want to go? He's like, oh, I'll give you a go, kid. And I was like, all right, let's go. And um, <laughs> But uh, it was a good fight. I got him at the start a few, but he finished off with some big some big shots. Um, I was still falling into myself in, in his style of fighting where I couldn't just – I fought different my later years, like in, in Binghamton and stuff. I really advanced my, my fighting skills on the ice, but um, – Man, he was tough. He got me with a couple at the end that, that kind of put me down. And so I had a fucking black eye. I'd fought like, and I fought somebody else too from that team. And it wasn't a big fight, but so I think I'd fought four times in like two games. And then I remember I was going, I'll still remember, I was going to the movies. There was me, Eris Bermanis, and I think Virtue, Terry Virtue, went to a movie and I'm walking in the movie and all of a sudden, Granado, Donnie, Donnie, Donnie Granado was our coach. It's like, oh, fuck, guys, Gratz is calling me. So I go out. I was like, hey, coach, what's going on? He goes, hey, Abs. He goes, how's the, how's the hands? And I was like, and I knew because we had Philly coming in the next day. who was a bunch of tough guys. So I'm like, oh, he's wondering how my hands are. I was like, oh, coach, hands are good. I was like, you know, I nothing but a black eye. I was like, my hands are good. I'm thinking, you know, I want to be in the lineup, right? Right. Um, he goes, okay. He goes, a limo will be at your apartment. He goes, you got to go up to St. Louis like four in the morning. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> And I was kind of obviously on a high, you know, so I went back to the movie. And I was like, Virch, I was like, coach, said I'm getting called up tomorrow. You know, he's like, oh, that's awesome. You know, so got to go up and obviously, um, you know, it was pretty awesome, you know, skating out to, you know, real game, right? Like following like Pronger and, you know, Dougie Waite. And I mean, it was just like, you know, Keith Kachuk, you're like, wow, like I'm, I'm playing in a real game with these guys. 
you know, it's different than camp, being at camp with everybody, but you actually go on the ice with them. And it was, it was surreal, you know, because you actually, as a, every hockey player, one whether you play one game or a million games, you dream of that moment. And exactly. yeah, it was kind of surreal. And I was just like, wow. And then, and you know, I, so I, I stayed up for about a month. And um, they're like, hey, if they dress this guy, this tough guy, or they're playing, he goes, you play. If not, you just go out and skate. And so if I, and obviously I didn't play anymore there. And, um, but it was awesome because Al McInnes was, was coming back trying to play and he was coming off an injury. So I got bag skated every day with Al McInnes. <laughs> I would have to pick up pucks for him. He would line up like pucks all along the blue line after we bag skated. He goes, yeah, I was going front and he would just take one, just one, the slap shots all the way down the, the, the blue line. Right. Set, stand at the net and try and tip him in and then I'd shoot all the pucks back out to him and then he would do it again. How, how, <laughs> how mean was that clapper on that he had? Oh, I didn't want to get hit with it. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be hesitant standing in front of that shit. <laughs> I remember thinking though, I was like, he would just, he ripped like, you know, three or four times he go over that blue line just, and I'm talking the blue line was packed with pucks and every shot was like crossbar, crossbar in, crossbar out. Like it wasn't like big misses. Like every shot was right there. Like he, it, it was, it was pretty cool. I was like, wow. That's insane. And I'm just some rookie, like, tipping pucks for Al McKinnis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty awesome for me. <laughs> well, you fought you fought uh, the fridge, Todd Fedoric, that game. What led up to that fight? Well, actually, did he – was it kind of a, hey, just give me a shot, or was there something brewing in that game? Yeah, so, I mean, I knew Fridge a little bit from the Western. He, Western Hockey League, he played Medicine Hat. Wasn't like their fighter there. You know, they had uh, Rocky Thompson there. It was before – I didn't play against Rocky then, but uh, – Anyway, so we kind of knew of each other, and um, I was trying to fight Brashear the whole game. And, you know, the guy's a fucking piece of shit. I, <laughs> I've heard that from a lot of people. Fucking spot picker. He's a fucking coward. And, you know, he doesn't scare me all the, the – he doesn't – even the way he fights. I wish I could have fought him in my prime. I would have loved to. I loved when fucking Big Mac dropped him with a body shot. Oh, that's one of my favorites, man. <laughs> Dude, like, yeah, I, I seen that fight, and I was like, Mac, please fucking just wipe this guy off the earth. <laughs> You know, but um, so he's like, oh, what do I need to fight you for? I'm like, oh, yeah, you're a fucking piece of shit. Everything to lose, nothing to gain, right? You know, real tough guys will be like, hey, I'll give you a shot because you know what? You had a shot at one time. You were on the other end. Right. Oh, you know, I had my regular shifts, which was nice. I got to play pretty regular. Um, and it was easy, you know. Dougie Wade was our the centerman. He's like, Gabs, I'll just be there. You get on the half wall, pop it to the middle. I was like, cool, you know. And finally I was running around and the fridge come out. He's like, fuck, Gabs, I'll go. I was like, yep, yeah, okay, you know. So <laughs> it was a long, extravagant fight. Um, um, I was trying to feel it out if I remember right, because I know Fridge can fight. Like, that's the thing. He's good with both hands. Yeah. It's kind of, I remember, I was like, okay, Fridge's got both hands, so I didn't want to get in a bad position. And so I kind of, he was throwing, and I kind of went under and caught him with one. He did kind of go down. Um, you know, I can say I maybe got the better of the fight. Um but um, it was good, you know. I was glad somebody answered the bell, and I got so much respect for that guy. For, you know what that guy's done in his career, and literally fought everybody. Oh yeah, uh, he didn't have to come out and fight me. He wasn't their big tough guy. And it was funny because we had guys on on, on our box like Kachuk and Wade. They're like Brashear, you fucking piece of shit. You scared the fighter, fucking rookie. They're like, what a fucking joke you are. And they're, I, I, I remember listening to it. I loved it. I'm like, your fucking own team doesn't even like you. They're like, you're here for one thing and you won't even do it tonight. It was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> oh, like, like the guys had for me to back me up. I mean, I thought it was just awesome. It made right. me feel like part of the family. Exactly, man. You know, you're a rookie and you're there and they're having your back like that. What a great fucking feeling that's got to be. 
it was it was awesome. That uh, that's what people don't understand about Fedoric too. You know, everybody always remembers him, of course. Unfortunately, for that um, uh, what is it? That Bugard and Colt Nor knockout, but yeah, he fucking fight, man. He could, he was a tough dude. Oh hell yeah! People are like, dude, the boogeyman. Holy shit, dude! That guy cracked a lot of guys' heads. Oh over. god, yeah. And fuck, like that is one. That guy was a machine. I got to fight him once before he got called up, and and I'll and I even tell people this, like, oh, you fought him. And I said, yeah. I said, and I kind of, I kind of got the better of him at the end of the fight. Like, not even the better of him. I switched up, got a couple lefts, and he kind of went down. Right, you nothing. Got the last few shots in. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't really get me with anything. Um, I stayed away, but I was like. Uh, and I was, I would try and tell people this, like, oh, he's up there knocking people. I'm like, listen, I'm like, he just came into himself that year. I said his next year, he did a lot of training that summer on fighting. He learned how to use his body different. I'm like, man, he wasn't that force in the American League. He was a force, but I'm saying it's like he doubled it when he went up and he worked hard to get where he got to. Right. And then he became a fucking wrecking machine. Oh, it was yeah. ridiculous. I love Bugard. Boogie man for nothing, man. Exactly. Like, dude, I was like, and he, oh, I remember when Gills fought him, I was watching the game. I was like, Gills, he got called up to the docks. I'm like, yes, buddy, you know, because we're that, we're, we're real close. Right. And then, he, you know, Gills was doing good. And I remember just, I analyzed all the fights, people I fought. I watched so many fights. And I was like, Gills, I know you messed up. You went to switch. And I said, and then you kind of missed with your hand. And he was like strung out. He, and you got strung out and you, you kind of had your, you were trying to grab and you kind of missed. And I said, he just come under and he goes, yeah, man, he hit me. It was like, I thought it was a sledgehammer. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Was, I haven't seen Gills go down like that before. Like that's man. I was like, whoa. Yeah, that's, the only, yeah, that's the only time I've ever seen Gillies knocked out like that, which I mean, you can't fucking blame him. It's Bugard. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, but that goes, you know, give credit back to, to, to Fedoric and, and what he did and, Fedor wasn't only just a fighter. The guy could hit. If you could see yeah, Fedor, man, the fridge could skate, man. That guy could move. He could play the game well. Great. You know, you hear from a lot of people, great team guy. You know, just a great person off the ice. Fight for, for the right reasons. Fight for his team. And the guy, you know, he was a great dude. And Yeah, and another guy, Colton Moore, too. You know, tough. You know, um, it happens. It happens. Like I said, people are like, oh, you know, every, if you're fighting the right people, we always say you're probably going to lose one. If you've <laughs> exactly. never fight, you're probably not fighting the right people. I mean, that's just kind of the, the percentages of it, right? Um, so, exactly. Well, it's, it's like I, la I laugh at that too with Scott Parker, who his very first fight, of course, gets knocked out. Well, not even knocked out. He got TKO'd by Probert, and everybody goes back. Oh, but Parker got knocked. I'm like, did you not see the rest of his fucking career he had? <laughs> like, it, one I, knockout doesn't solidify someone's career. Yeah, you want to talk. So what's funny is, so when I got drafted to the Clone Rockets, we were talking about it was like the, the, the junior draft, right? right? And so before it was that, it was the next year I played AAA Midget. I got to go to camp in Kelowna, and Parker was there because he had already been there. He's a little older than me, and I was like, holy shit, man, this guy's huge. <laughs> was good. He was a nice guy. I mean, you know, and I didn't, you know, we hung around with a couple different people there, but that's where I, where I got to, you know, be around him. And then just watching that guy's career, I mean, there's another scary human being. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that guy would scare people. Like, that's a guy that if I had to fight, I mean, I better be on my toes. And, and I mean, he's an he's intimidating dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a great guy, too. That's the other thing. Exactly. He's a solid individual.
Yeah, he's awesome, man. He's doing stuff with troops now and CBD and everything like that. I, th- I think he's trying to get um, service dogs for you know, war veterans and stuff like that. So awesome, I've, dude. I've seen different stuff along those lines, and I actually talked to Parks the other day. We've been playing phone tag, kind of, kind of do a few things together. That'd be sweet. Yep. Um. So while we're while we're talking about Parker, he was in a film called Ice Guardians, and I know you know it because I had gotten a clip from a uh, Fourth Line Voice. And you were in the clip, actually. I was so pissed at all that because Adam Scrooge had talked to me about it. Um, that, you know, yeah. So they did a whole thing with me for days and interviews and a whole whack of stuff. They sent a team down to Binghamton. And then, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, you're in the video. And they invited me up to Toronto for the opening. And I was like, oh, I can't make it up there. And then I come to find out I wasn't even in it. Not that it's a big deal. Um, there's lots of guys that couldn't could have been in there that weren't. Um, but I was like, oh, I said, I, I end up seeing, I was like, well, shit, my buddies had went there. Bell, Belzy went there. And he's like, dude, he goes, I don't, you weren't even in it. I was like, really? I was like, oh, well, they must've changed it. Right. Yeah. Cause a bunch of different cool stuff. And they invited me out to Cali one time to go do some training at a boxing gym to do some video. And I couldn't make it, but, uh, um, yeah, I was hoping. So I, I do like the video. Um, so there's a little – I have some controversy with that whole thing and who is in it, um, which kind of not to knock on anybody, but they wanted, like, the true guardians. Okay, well, I'm sorry, like, um, although Bisnet is – you know, I give him credit for what he did. That guy would – you know, he fought me a lot of times and took a beating every time. And then George Peros, like, another good guy – but I'm like, you have a handful of other people that could have done better. And, um, and, and, and I don't even know if this is true. I heard through the grapevine that people that put in money for it from California wanted those guys in it. And so the ex Nate, some of the other guys that were in it that I know um, were part of the, the video before. Right. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But they had some other cool stuff like Glant and uh, um, some other old school and um, – yeah, they had some good old school guys in there, which was cool. Um, you know, like, yeah, it was still good. I was a little bit off. I was like, man, they could have did better. And then they went off a little bit on the concussion side. They went to that, and I was like, well, that's interesting. I was like, um, but, yeah, it is what it is. It's still it's, good. It was right, interesting. The concussion is like that taboo topic today that nobody kind of wants to talk about or touch on. Yeah, and 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 fighting it, it fighting was never the number one concussion. It's getting blindsided. It's all those cheap rats. Exactly, and there you go very, right from the horse's mouth. Yeah, very few cases where it's been where it's from fighting. I'm not saying that that fighting's perfect. Um, Kanopka said it the greatest. He goes, uh, nothing in life is perfect. Exactly. But I mean, they made a big deal out of it, and the way they're portraying it through the NHL and Bettman and all that fucking shit. And then you got. Shanahan running the board, um, you know, of suspensions and stuff. And right. it just, you know, all the bullshit. I look like, well, look how you played. Look what you did. Um, I grew up liking that. And now you're on the other side of the fence. And it's all for money, of course. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. One thing that really gets me about it, too, is I hate how they, they advertise the physical hockey game and 
the fights before, like leading up to, let's say, I don't know, Edmonton versus Calgary Battle of Alberta. It's on NBC Sports. And they advertise it like they show clips of like, you know, Semenko and other shit like that. And you're just and then you look at the on ice product. and You're like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is not what the fucking commercial show me. But I, I hate how they they turn their back on players like yourself, but they still advertise like they would use like like clips like like uh, excuse me. <laughs> clips of players like you but they won't allow them to play in the in their league anymore yeah it's so funny they say they don't like it, but then they use it for advertising and they, when do people cheer at a fucking hockey game when people score or when there's a fight or a big hit that's when the, the game's the loudest exactly Every stadium is on their feet you can't tell me, oh they don't like it's all a bunch of bullshit political crap um i, I hate it that's that's the part of the game that's ruined it for me and a lot of other guys um you know, I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying it should ever be a gong show. I don't want hockey to ever be a gong show and line brawls and craziness. Right. But I never say turn it into the LNH 2.0. We're not, we're yeah. not saying that. Well, just like leave it where there, there's, there's an equilibrium there where you can have those few guys on a team and they can take care of each other. And it adds a whole other element to the game of um, protection, um, excitement. I mean, it's, you know, it's part of it. Now it's kind of got this young, little skilled which is great too. Hockey's gotten very fast and, and very skilled, but there's still an element there. He's, everybody can run around and not be accountable. And it just makes me look at these little fucking rat fucks that just think they're the shit. And I was like, if that was around when I played, I'm like, you wouldn't even be doing that in the ice. You probably got your fucking legs broken to be able to score your 20 goals in the NHL, you little fuck. I was like, you know, you better like, nobody's appreciative for that anymore. They just think it's a given all, you know? And that kind of rubs me the wrong way. Totally get it. Totally get it. Like, couldn't have even said it better myself. <laughs> um, well, so after your game in St. Louis, and it was the one game you had, was there any discouragement that you had kind of getting sent back down? Or, you know, do you just afford the opportunity, you were thankful, and said, fuck it, I'm still going to do what I do? No, so when I got sent back down, so they had to put me on waivers. Um, so I got picked up. I didn't even get to go back to Worcester. I got picked up by Nashville. So I was like, oh, shit, so I'm, I'm going to the Preds. So I packed my bags, and I went straight to Nashville from there. I didn't even get to go back to Worcester. I had to really, literally go back, pack my stuff, uh, drive to Nashville. So I spent um, – so they had to keep me there for a month. So I stayed there for a month. I did have a little bit of a shoulder issue um, because I had a surgery the year before. And so I stayed there. I was there for about – stayed there for about a month. And then they're like, well, before we let you play, we're going to send you down to Milwaukee – Get get some games in, get your shoulder, make sure it was good. I did rehab in Nashville while I was there. Like it wasn't horrible. I was playing, I was fighting, but they wanted me to be wanted it to be good. So right. yeah, cool. Went back down, and I think it was my second or third game when I went down. I, I got in a fight. I switched and threw a left, and my shoulder like popped right out. And I was like, oh. mother. And so I finished the fight, and I was like, my shoulder was out. Went to the box. I went back and dug. Eggs was our, our trainer, and uh, he looked at me, and I was just like, no. I was like, so I went back, and they popped my shoulder in, and Doc was like, yeah. And scanned the next day, he's like, surgery. So I was like, ah, shit. You know, it is what it is, right? That's sports. And then uh, so I, then I still had another couple of years, in that, another year in the contract, so I went back the next year um, at the camp in, in Nashville, um, hoping I was going to stay. And then last minute, they brought in Hortichuk, which kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I like, I like Korchuk and stuff. Good dude. But, um, I didn't see the reason, you know, they brought me there kind of, that was my spot. No, I heard that was, that was the next year after that, actually. Sorry. I went back there cause I still had a contract left on the NHL side. 
The next year, I signed another year talking with them, with Ray and Shero, and they're like, no, we're not bringing anybody else. So I was like, okay. I said, I'll sign back, hopefully staying in Nashville, right, or get a lot of time in Nashville. And then at camp, they signed Horchuk, and my agent called me. He's like, sorry, man. And I was like, yep, Rory's on a one-way contract. You know, they're not going to send him down to the American League. So I was a little bit pissed at that. It's, it's the game. It is what it is. And then, um, yeah, you move on. I mean, it is what it is. Rory's a good, tough guy, and um, – I'm not scared of a guy like that, but uh, he was around for a while, had a little more experience at that level, so that's what they wanted, I guess. Right. Yeah, like you said, at the end of the day, it's kind of a, it's kind of a business thing, so yeah, it's it unfortunate, was. but it, I mean, fuck it, it didn't stop you from doing what you do, man. He still went, oh, no, went down. Think. and Well, did you ever play with Tutu for the Admirals? Yeah, yeah, we were in the year. We won the Calder Cup that year. Right, we, that's what I, I thought. I didn't know if you actually happened to play with him because I was looking at your game plays a little him. bit. I played in the right, dudes are playing the left. The guy's a maniac. Yeah, how, how did <laughs> you got any good tutu stories? Oh man, he was wild, man. Like he, that guy's a train. That guy'll hit you full speed. Um, like a, he was like a fucking wrecking ball, man. Holy shit! It's like kind of, I kind of picture him. Obviously, I'm bigger. He was like a miniature me <laughs> in a sense, <laughs> right? And he could skate. He's a good little hockey player too, man. Dudes can play the game well. Yeah, he just a uh, run around here guy. He can play the game well. I like what he brought to the game as as kind of a ratty person. Like, he he could be that little rat and get under your skin, but guess what? That guy will drop the gloves. Yeah, with he's you backing and, it up right away. And that yeah, he don't give a fuck. No. And um yeah and um yeah we had a man we had a, what a year we had that year. I mean fun year. Me too too. Scotty Upshaw. Um, we just had a group of guys that was like awesome dudes. I mean Brandon Siegel. Um, who else is, I mean, we just had so well, we had, uh, yeah, yeah. Seaver was there the next yep. year. Um, and me and Cam are still good friends. And that year we won, we had Tony Herkus, uh, Matthew Darsh, um, Ryan Suter, um, Kevin Klein. I mean, just guys all end up playing like careers in the NHL and just great dudes. Like, I mean, talk about a great group of guys, of team guys we had, um, just that collectively, and Claude Noel was our coach who did a great job of coaching, um, I thought, that year. Um, Todd Richards was our assistant, who was another guy who did a great job of coaching and handling our team, managing our team, and getting the best out of it. Um, I thought it was pretty awesome. That's awesome, man. Um, so the next year, though, you go to the ECHL again. Yep, yep. So How did that come about? It was good. Well, I went back to Boise um, at, at the end of that year um, because we were going to spend the summer there. And um, then, so I finished the year there, a couple games. Um, the year was finishing in um, Milwaukee. There was no playoffs, so I went and played there for the Steelheads. And then we found out that we were pregnant. Um, oh, okay. So, yep, yeah, and so my daughter was born in, in October. And so I planned to go, I believe it was to Rochester. I had something. I wanted to go at Christmas. I was going to stay in Boise. Um, we had a house there, you know, until Christmas. And then I was going to go, and then it was just tough. I decided not to. So I finished the year out in Boise, and then I ended up signing the next year with Binghamton um, from there. So, going back to the league and get moving around again. Before we, before we leave Idaho, we got to talk about it. And, um, the, 
Well, it was just on uh, Matt Nickerson, you know, your partner in crime during it, uh, was just on the Biscuit podcast talking about it. But I got to hear about this fucking brawl, man. How did it all come about? It, it was about Nicky. What a, oh, me and him had some fun, too. And he had a pretty good mindset. He liked to fight. He was younger than me. and um, But, man, he was he's a big dude. You know, he's he's a force to reckon with. I'm telling you. Like, yeah. Um, and and he, he has a mean streak in him. And that's, you know, that was a guy where it's like, okay, that mean streak is a little bit scary. And, and, and I was, you know, I was kind of, I'm very calm when I fight, but that team. So what happened was, um, we, it was Alaska. And, and, and so I had got, I think I had to tweak my MCL for something, my knee. So I missed the trip up to Alaska. Nickerson, I think might've been suspended a couple games. <laughs> shocker. So our, our, yeah. Shocker. Right. Uh, Nikki being suspended, no way. But uh, so they go up to Alaska. So me and Nikki are out. They literally line brawled our team a couple of times, give our goalie a concussion. And so me and Nick are so we're just like, you got to be fucking kidding me right now. And so we're like, we play them again. They come to Boise for, you know, two games. And so they come to town. I was like, Nikki, let's just, um, we're going to do this. And everybody knew it was going to happen. Um, you know, Laxdahl was the coach, you know, and he didn't, he didn't tell us to do it. People like, Oh, did Laxie tell you to do it? I was like, no, I was like, I don't think he had to. Right. It was just, you knew <laughs> your role. I was like, yeah. And he may, maybe didn't want it to go that far, but, but we took it that far. And so <laughs> finally I was like, you know, I said, Hey, just watch me. I was like, I'm going to try and, you know, stir something up here. Cause we were both going out. And so I got that big Smith who was a problem. I mean, these guys, they didn't have anybody that was really, like, really tough. Like, like Not like you and Nickerson. <laughs> not like me and Nickerson. Like, they had guys that would fight, and, you know, they didn't have our level of, of experience in fighting. And so I was like, okay, so we started it, and I was like, well, now we're going to even the odds. And so we took care of business well. I mean, we didn't stop, and we, we, we made a fun of them. And it was good because, you know, it was funny because, you know, Russ Cash – great fan guy in Boise and he goes you know what that was a turnaround for the whole year he goes the team won the Kelly Cup he goes your guys the Steelheads became a team after that that game he goes you guys played different the whole rest of the year and they ended up winning the Kelly Cup that's fucking awesome which was pretty awesome yep and um, but that fight was nuts yeah I mean we were taking care of business and I remember looking around I was chasing a guy around and try to grab another guy and I see Nikki dropping guys <laughs> This fucking a little bit, mayhem. It, you know, yeah, I'm going to say I love it because of for what it was and those pricks fucking deserved it, um, you know, for what they did to our team. And like I said, you're going to be held accountable. Like I said, I'm not about big, big line brawls, but they needed that. They needed a fucking wake-up call. You, you know, to get tuned the fuck up, man. That's how it is. Exactly. And that's what it came to. And so, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> all the same again. <laughs> that's why I, I, I laugh at because, you know, I, I posted that video in the group before. And some people comment like, oh, he's hitting him while he's down. What the fuck? And I'm like, well, there's a backstory to everything. It's a game within a game. The Yabo's not going to sit there and just ground and pound a guy for the fuck of it. There's a reason it happened. But everybody yeah, they, just sees the 15-second well, clip. Yeah, yeah it. it is what it is. Like I said, I, I love listening to – I don't read a lot of the forums and a lot of the stuff because I never really did because you're going to get the good with the bad. Right the publicity and some people are going to think what they want to think and they think they know it all from behind a keyboard right it just makes me laugh i'm like and they don't nobody really gets the real facts right um but yeah those guys took some serious liberties on our team if i wish i could find the video like they were hitting our goalie when he was down oh. I, uh, you know um there was some stuff so it's like they deserved it I mean, exactly 
Yep. Yeah, definitely. You know, I fly in a sense. Well, well, one more thing I want to ask you. I heard there was a, uh, you might have gotten a little excited after seeing the movie 300. Is that true? Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was, uh, that was a summer night of, you know, it was, there's, there's a lot of good stuff. And now there's even another, the, the movie Hungover. No, what is it? Um, the Hangover, I think. Oh, that one too. There's all some funny stories we got of just, you know, getting you fired up. <laughs> well, was there anything you used to get fired up before a game? Did you like, like, you know, for me, when I was in the military, if we're going out on a mission or something, I would always just play some metal music. I always had to get my shit going there. Same thing in the gym. I'm always playing metal. It's just what, what I do. Did you ever have anything to get you fucking amped before a game? No, I, I never, I, I'd like to get amped up before the game, but I learned as my career went on, I had to harness my, my adrenaline, I guess. I learned to be more in control. I played better. I fought better. Gotcha. I fought, I, I, I play and I fight better on, or when I'm in control, so to speak, where some guys you see fight, they literally got to get so fired up to do it. And I don't know if that, you know, that's just what they need to do it. And they kind of, they just burn out fast. They don't really, you know, um, and I just kind of became a calm fighter. Like, although it might not be calm, the fight not might not be calm, but things really slow down. Um, I do got to get amped a little bit. Like I need to have that, that fine line before the game where I, I get pumped up, but not like pedal to the metal until I need to. Right. You don't want to use it all right before the fight or, any, or the, before the game even starts, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I learned that because I've done it over the years. I get so pumped up before the game, and then I, you know, I don't fight till the second period or something. You know, right. it's like so. I've learned so. You know, got to play the game too. So I had to play the game um, as well. Be accountable out there on the ice and do your job. You know, just structurally wise. And then when you got to do your job, you can do your job. Exactly. So you're in Binghamton again, or excuse me, not again. You're in Binghamton for the first time, <clears throat> and. You kind of you finally have your first run in with a uh, Mr. John Morasti. How was that? It was good. Yeah, so we finally got to play against each yep. other, at, and I was like, "Hey, you know," and he's like, "Johnny, are we gonna go?" He goes, "Yeah, fuck yeah." He's like, "Let's go," <laughs> and I was like, "Fucking right, buddy." And you know, and he was, you know, and I'm not gonna lie, um, Johnny was. I didn't expect him to hang in there, and that was only after the first fight, um, or at the first fight. I was like, I, I, I figured I would probably get him down. I think all the fights we had, I knocked him down once. Right. And, and that, that's literally it. And um, I was like, man, he is taking blows. I'm like, I hit other guys like that and they fucking collapse. And like, and he'll take them and then all of a sudden, bam, he'll switch and get a his in. I'm like, holy shit. Right. You know? He's fucking insane. He's one of my favorites. No, he is one of the, so what the, the toughest thing about John is the way he can absorb punches, and I and I and I don't say that in a disrespectful way because I I did that in a sense too. I would eat a punch to get a better one in on you to win the fight. Right, you know, you take one to give one. Yep, but he could do that. He's one of the best at it. Uh, like I've seen that guy take some some punches and eat some, and then come back and just wipe the floor with guys. Um, yeah, I mean it's yeah he that's that's what got him. I mean he's not a big guy. Um, but man, he could, he's got that solid iron head, man, that chin on him that <laughs> it's done well for him. And, and, and not only that, he has the mentality of fighting. He's another guy that likes to fight. Right. That's why, that's why it's scary. He's not a guy that's like a, 
oh, what's the one fucking piece of shit that I can't, this French guy. Johnny even chased him around the ice the one time. He's such a piece of shit, I don't even remember his name. Um, um, I'll think of it as it comes. But uh, Mraz, he chased him around the ice one time, throwing his elbow pad. Like, it was embarrassing. Um, Lassard. Oh, uh, Frank, Frank Lassard. Yeah, yeah, the guy's a fucking spot picker. He tries to jump guys. He tried to jump me. I said, Frankie, let's go. No, no, I don't fight. I'm not fighting. And then I watch him by the corner of my eye because I'm like, I'm not stupid, buddy. I was born at night, but not last night. You fuck. Right. And then come at me. He was going to jump me, and I turned, and he, so then he had to fight. And then he ended up kind of holding on, and but he was fucking nothing. I mean, I could give a shit about that guy. <laughs> chicken, chicken, guy that's scared to fight. That's why those guys don't even bug me. But Johnny, like, he likes to fight. He'll fight you, right. and then he'll fight you again, not just because he wants to beat you up, but because he likes to fight. Yeah, he that's just like, liked it. That's like Gilly's, like another guy. Like he likes to fight. Like you're gonna watch out. Like guys that like to fight are scary, right? Like you know, and to me, and that's you know, I love, I love to fight. Like, and we're gonna fight again. People are like, well, you're gonna fight again? Yeah. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> Why wouldn't like, I? Stupid yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's so it's but. You know, and that's that's part of that mentality that some people have, some people don't. Right. It's what separates you. It's what makes you all the fucking mutants in the game. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, craziness to you. So you had a teammate over there that was riding shotgun with you in uh, Binghamton, uh, Mr. Matt Karkner. What was he like? Oh, Karks is a beauty, man. He he is a guy that should have starred in the movie fucking 300. <laughs> He's tall. He basically looks like a fucking gladiator. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and he, he's a big dude, and oh, Karksy was tough too. I mean, we had a good duo, me and him, you know, the years in Binghamton because, you know, he's our, and he's a good defenseman too. Solid D, big D in front of the net. Yep. He can play the game well, and yeah, he's tough. He's another guy that, you know, not a pure, I just want to fight all the time, but he didn't, I've never seen him cower from a fight ever. I mean, I've seen him fight hurt, and um, he was a guy that if his temperature got boiling a little bit, it's like, you better watch out. Yeah. And he was like man strong. Like he might not have been as quite as like, he was a lot taller than me. We were probably similar in weight. Although I'm, you know, I'm a lot more muscular in a sense, but he was still in great shape. But that guy in some of our, all the conditioning testing and stuff. And we were in Ottawa and stuff, man, he was impressive. He's a he's a strong dude, and he has those long arms and the leverage, and yeah, he could beat some heads. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So the next year, you know, going you know, going back to you and Morasti here, but you and him have probably the greatest outdoor fight of all time. Nothing oh. will ever come close to that, and it's just this. Like I said, nothing's going to come close to it. There's you just can't. How did that come about? Did you guys kind of? Was it a little bit of a range, like you said, hey, let's just fucking let's go out here and give them a show? Or We had such a rivalry. So me and Morassi had our own rivalry, as good as friends as we are. And after the game, shit, I used to drive to Syracuse after me and Sharson would go visit him and Janessa in Syracuse and go walk them all together, like two days after we'd fight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, but so we still had that rivalry. And that's that's one of the guys, too, like, like Morassi gets it, like loyalties to his jersey. And believe me, you want to talk about a rivalry. Binghamton and Syracuse. Oh yeah, um, I mean, was gong shows. <laughs> our, our rivalry with that city alone was just like 
wow, like that was one of the best rivalries and games like, oh man. And so all the action and all the shit that would happen. We've had line brawls with them. We've, you know, and this isn't just me and Rasty. This is just like everybody. I mean, the, the players from both sides. So me and Rasty would always end up fighting. And obviously we're at the outdoor game and what an atmosphere. That was just an amazing experience. I'm so just blessed they even got to be a part of an outdoor game. They did such a good job with that. It was cold as a motherfucker, but I loved it. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, we're like, hey, probably he's like, all right, we'll see. Yeah, I was like, yep. Yeah. So we went out and literally, um, I got a couple shifts, and then Johnny got his first shift and come out. He's like, Yo. I was like, yep. Yeah. So we just went at it in our old fashion. We just chucked until somebody was going to go down. Um, and obviously, we both just hung in there and it was over. And um, But it was good. It was definitely good. And that's another thing you do like other people don't know. Sometimes you do it just for to get your team going. Right. Um, you know, you talk to anybody back then, I'll talk about a lull and we're down two to one. And you go out and do something like that. You take a guy out or beat a guy up or have this fight. And all of a sudden, the, 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 the whole emotion of the game changes, the dynamic. And all of a sudden, you, you, you end up winning the game you know, three, to, three to two. Um, it can do a lot for a team more than it's, it's more than just a fight, which some people don't understand. All these guys are fighting. There's a lot more to it than that. Exactly. It's the it's it's that game within a game element, and I hate that term staged fighting so fucking much. I can't stand that term. You know, somebody asked me the time, well, do you guys is it real fighting? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, um like I was like, I put like you see my nose, there's nothing left. I'm like <laughs> Yeah, it's real fighting. I'm like, they're like, oh, because we just think like maybe that had to have been fake. I'm like, this isn't WWE. No, like, people are trying to knock people the fuck out here, dude. Like, <laughs> right? There's certainly, like you know, like like you said with you and Marasti, you both agree to go, and so there, it's not coming from a vicious hit or retribution or anything. It's to get the people, you know, the crowd and the bench into it. And people kind of don't understand that element, probably because everybody's so so focused on analytics these days. Everybody just thinks analytics is everything, but there's it's that game within a game. Yeah, definitely. And like, there's one thing we had the we had a line brawl at one point in that year, big line brawl. Um, I even got suspended. I fucking supposedly I choked the ref out because he was trying to stop me from getting back in the fight. And I got missed like 10 games. But um, so what happened, there's the, there's the one fight. It was one of the better fights me and Rassi had. I say one of the better. There was a shit ton of punches. But yeah, the, so the teams crossed. They had to go the other way off at the intermission, and we went the other way. And so it was all the stuff kind of happened. Somebody hit our goalie, or they hit, we hit their goalie. And then it kind of started brewing. There was all this stuff going. That's Sestito, this chicken shit motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that you know i don't really know him as a guy uh, you know but he was just a chicken shit he would never fight me he would never fight anybody tough and whatever i don't blame him he would fucking got his teeth knocked out but then i was yapping at him and scroy was on the ice and so he was kind of around but you know scroy's tough he can take care of himself but then johnny come right over and he just said let's go and you can see in the video he comes right up i said okay let's go and then we kind of scooted over to center ice yeah somebody had sent me a picture and i wish i could find it it's somebody who was in the rafters took a picture and there's both teams around the, the circle of, and it was the Christmas game. So the Syracuse around the half circle and, and Binghamton around the other half circle and me and Rassier in the middle fighting. And it was just the best picture. Oh, and I, that's I, fucking gnarly. Find it somewhere because it is one of my favorite pictures I've ever seen. But that, so we did that. The period was over. We went off the game went out and the game, the, like the third period was just played like awesome. Like, 
high tempo, like no bullshit. There was no crazy line brawls, but it took care of everything right there. And that's what that can do as well. Exactly. It, it can extinguish everything. Yep. Do it's done. They fought. Bam. Now let's get back to the game. Right. Yep. So that, yeah, that's the other part of it. Yeah, it's like, you know, a bottle's getting full, getting full. It's going to, it's going to pop, but it's not after that. It's done. It's yep. it. So yep, exactly. it's another thing people don't kind of understand, which is so frustrating today. It's just, I don't know. It's just the new age fans are just so fucking frustrating. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so you end up finding yourself in the KHL. How did that come about? Oh, so I had a, a couple offers a couple years before too, and I was like, well, I didn't want to go down. And you know, I'd sign with the Islanders the next year, and so I still want to, you know, pursue my career, get a get a you know more games in the NHL, get another season in the NHL, right? And the Islanders love their their tough guys, um, so so I went there, and then um, um, that year, so I I end up I, I tore my quad um, a camp, and ended up tearing it right off during. Um, after ex- no, it wasn't an exhibition. I heard an exhibition again, and then once I went to, to the American League, I ended up tearing it right off. And then I tried to rehab it for half the year. Finally, they had to do a surgery on it, so I kind of blew half my, my season there in a way. And then I was like, you know what? The game it was changing, and I was like, you know what? And I had another decent offer. I was like, you know what? Um, yeah, so I was gonna. I chose to go over there, and then um, yeah, it was great. And I mean, <laughs> obviously, a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of antics that went on there and um, a lot of stuff on and off the ice. Um, the team was great. I mean, I love Russia. I love, I want to go back to, to Chekhov. I love that place. I love the people there. I, I love the previous owners. I'm still great friends with them. They're like family to me. Um, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Um, but we did have some wild stuff happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we, before we get into that, I heard well, when Jay Rosehill was talking about it on the biscuit, you guys turned that fucking league upside down because the lineup you guys had was insane. It was you, Morassi, Kit Brennan, and Tarnaski. Yeah, yeah, it was. Was every game you guys would just kind of go out with that mentality like, we're just going to fucking start shit because we can and nobody else is going to back it up? Yeah, I mean, so so all of us are experienced fighters. And so there was a point where maybe the team was coached a little bit okay if we're losing now we're just going to beat the fuck at everybody <laughs> which, you know which is funny because for all the, sus- the suspensions all the games we lost because we took so many penalties we were only a few points out of the playoffs that year right and if we would have allowed to do a few more things ourselves, i think um we probably would have made the playoffs and done well because we had a good hockey team too we had some really good players there. Fuck, we had Panarin on the team. Um, we oh, we had Danny Markov. I mean, Korluk. I mean, fuck, we had some good players, like some legit good players. Like even then, like Panarin was young. And I, I'll tell a story. I got to tell a story about him because I was sitting next to a Timken, great dude. It was me and Tarnaski, and, and and I'm sitting. And Timken could speak a little bit English. So I'm like Timmy. He's like, it was like my first day of practice, and I was like, well, who's this guy? Is he like like a helper? And he's like, who? He's like, and I was like, well, this guy. He's like, oh, he's like, Panarin. He goes, no, no, no. He's like, he's like, awesome player. And dude, he looked like a fucking kindergarten guy. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's on our fucking team. I was like, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Does his he's parents like, know he's here? <laughs> he's like, he's like, comes from like the the junior program or whatever at the time, you know. And they're like, he's like, he's like, really good player. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then we went out to practice that today, and then he's flying around. I see his skill set. I'm like, holy fuck, that guy is good. 
Yeah. Um, I was like, man, and Panarin's awesome, awesome guy. And I loved what he's done with himself. Um, in the KHL, he did amazing. Um, got over to St. Petersburg with those guys and him and Kovalchuk. And man, they did awesome. And he's done well in the NHL. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely a team that we had that it was, it was crazy. <laughs> so the main off ice video that, uh, you know, if, if it's, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's you guys go, well, we're, we're some, some locals, some drunken locals kind of shit talking y'all while you were walking by or something, or how did it kind of come about? So I'll clarify the story on all of this and how there all go. this. There's been some stories, and this is what's funny. What's funny is I'm going to tell you the story in Russia, what was presented on the media for, like, I'm talking a month fucking straight. This was crazy. So we had just gotten to Russia, and the way they do their exhibition games is four teams will go to a city, and you play each team, right? So you play three games, and you stay there for, like, four or five nights, right? So we did, and so we were, I forget, uh, was it Magnitogorsk or Novos Kuznets maybe? It doesn't matter. Um, so we played our exhibition game or exhibition games. And then after the last game and it was, it was fucking Panarin. <laughs> <laughs> Gabby, you, he's like, you want to come like for like a dinner? It's like dinner and, 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 and some club. And I was like, yeah, sure. We're like, let's go check it out. You know, we don't know Russian, but we're going to come like, we love it, you know? So yeah, we shower up and we take some cabs over this place and we're going to go in. And they wouldn't let us in. And Aaron's like, just hold, hold. He goes, you know, you know, just wait, wait. And so I'm just standing outside. Okay, so we're standing outside. He comes back and he's like, well, he's like, he goes, we have to wait like 30 minutes. He's like, um, people like buy this place. And I was like, what do you mean they bought this place? I'm like, rent the place? Oh, he's like, yeah, rent. He goes, they rent this place <laughs> for like people. So there was a wedding. So a huge wedding rented this restaurant club out. And they were leaving in 30 minutes. And so I'm like, okay, like, cool. So, so we're just standing out there. And we're literally standing there doing nothing. And people are walking out, you know. And we're, we're like, n- nobody, myself, Kip Brandon, Marassi, are not ignorant people off the ice, by all means. Not at all. I, I'm like, yeah, like, I don't, don't look for fights. None of us really do. Maybe when I was younger, I did. <laughs> I was foolish, but... Um, you know, and so we're literally standing there and then we'd only been there for a couple of weeks in Russia. So I really don't know any Russian yet. Yeah. All of a sudden these people are kind of yelling and pointing and they're saying something. And I know there's some swear words cause I picked up the swear words real fast. Yeah, That's I'm, what everybody does. Picks up the swear words first. <laughs> and they're fucking yelling at us. And so Panarin had went and did something. He goes, I'll be right back too. He went to do something. And so, and we had Dalton too, our, our goalie Dalton. And he was there. And then, so we're going on forever. Like this, there's more than the video even shows. Like there was, it, this went on like probably 10 minutes before the video even started. Wow. And we're like, hey guys, like, there's not a problem. Like, I don't know what the problem is, right? And we're like, we can't really communicate with them. But they're drunk and stuff. And then next thing, and there's, so it's funny, the guy in the video, he's like, oh, Marasty Oblonsky, he's like, MMA. So what he was kind of saying was, he goes, guys, don't be stupid. Don't fight these guys. He's like, that's Yablonski and Marasty. He's like, Yablonski knows MMA. He's like, don't, don't try and fight them. So some of you was saying this, right? Yeah. You know, the guy doing the little video, whatever that was. Then all of a sudden it kind of blows up and there's these four guys kind of trying to jump me, which they all throw muffins, whatever. <laughs> 
you know, we kind of took care of business. We just, I was kind of in this, the first thing I'm thinking is I'm in Russia. I'm here for a couple of weeks. I'm going to get fucking shot. I'm going to get stabbed. I'm like, this, this is not good. Taken straight to the gulag. <laughs> like, this is not good, you know, but nothing happened on that level, of course. But we just started knocking people out. <laughs> Left and right, and I'll never forget. So that first guy in the purple shirt—it's hard to explain it, but if you want, there's a guy in a purple shirt, and you see the guys jump me at the start. He's there hitting, and then he kind of tails off, and I knocked out a couple dudes. Rasty and Kip knock out this other guy, and then as that's going on, so I'm kind of backing away. I'm trying to get my back to the wall so I can—I don't have anybody behind me. Right. And out of the corner of my eye, Rasty's took to my right, and this guy in the purple shirt. We're backing away. And out of the corner of my, I just went to turn. He come between the cars and he fucking, he was kind of running up and he suckered Morasti. Bam. And Morasti just kind of, it startled him. And the guy, he was watching Morasti and he walked right in front of me. And that's what at the end of the video, you just see me go, yeah. bam. <laughs> and it's like, it's that fucking guy in the purple shirt. So I fucking dropped that guy. That guy was, oh, cold, fucking arms out. Oh, yeah. That guy was running up, sucker Morasti, and Morasti just like startled him. It didn't even do anything. And I remember talking. I was like, holy fuck, dude. That guy ran up and suckered you. He's like, oh, yeah. It was, he goes, I was about to hit him, but he goes, all of a sudden, you just stepped in, and he goes, you laid him out. <laughs> so this was crazy. And then so this, we're like, let's get the fuck out of here. So we go back to the hotel, get up in the morning. I go right to coach. I'm like, hey. Nazi, you know, Nazarov's our coach. I'm like, look, this happened last night. He's like, yes, yeah, I know. I already hear about it. I was like, okay. He, I said, we didn't start it. He goes, no, I, I heard, I heard. And so we go home, and, like, the next couple of days, we're like, that's fucking odd. Like, there was no cameras or somebody didn't put this on the news, right? <laughs> it was Little so did weird. you know. So it was so weird. So I'm not kidding you. Like, a fucking month later. Like, this was a month gone by. We kind of forgot about this, right? The season's going. We're out. We're, we're doing right. whatever. And so I walked in the back, the back where we come in from the, our apartments to, the, to, the, to, the, to our rink. And Nazi's there. He goes, oh, Yabby, Yabby, come here. And Nazi's big, big guy. Oh, Yabby goes, you got to go in. He goes, you're on TV. And I was like, I'm trying to think. We didn't play a game last night. And I didn't do anything stupid. Like, you know, <laughs> I was going down. And then – uh so I'm like, what the fuck? So I go in, and it's that video. They're playing it over and over on every fucking news channel in oh. Russia. And they're saying that you – and what they're saying is, this is what they're saying, that me and Marasti got invited to a wedding in Russia and started be beating people up. Oh, shit. News was portraying. That's what they're saying to everybody in Russia, that well, we got invited to a wedding. Because in the wedding, you do see these people walking out. There was a bride there. Right. That's the way they portrayed it. Like, we got <laughs> to this wedding, and I was like, that is not the case. You know, that's not what happened. Like, <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, um, yeah, that was on the news for a long time. That, yeah. <laughs> so many different stories on what happened, and oh, my God. And, yeah, we did, you know, the league, th th that was different. I mean, we were a little bit overboard, but um, – you know, I got suspended. Um, they even put a – there's a Yablonski rule in the KHL now. So I can say that. I made my mark. Um, there's actually – because I got kicked out of the league indefinitely at one point until I got reinstated. Thank God that the team went to bat for me and Jamnov, our, our manager, helped out and our ownership did. So, um, you know, they like the fights. But, um, yeah, so it was, it was good. What's and, the uh, what's the Yablonski rule? I've never heard of that. Yeah, so when I got suspended, um, well, I got kicked out of the league indefinitely at one point. Never allowed to play in the KHL again. That was 
And so I had to, I missed a good month until they got reinstated me. But so now they're saying that the Blonsky rule is something to sort of, you can only have like official tough guy, like one tough guy on the ice at a time. <laughs> oh, shit. You can't put like, you can't stack them. Yeah, you can't stack guys on the ice. And so it's like this weird rule. But I was like, yeah, it's actually called the Yablonski rule. It's in the KHL. So <laughs> that's, that's fucking hilarious. Cool. Yep. And I'll never forget when I got reinstated. It was the weirdest thing because I drove from Chekhov with Zhamnov. He's like, okay, we have to go to the big KHL office in Moscow. I was like, okay. And he's like, you know, I'm going to give you some shit in there for the way you're playing. I was like, no, I get it. we got to do our thing too. So they had the, the, the assistant to the KHL was in there, the, the, the head refs, and then – they had the news media and so I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, this is like, and they have a beautiful office. I mean, it's beautiful, massive office. What goes on for the KHL. And, um, so I'm sitting down and we're going over stuff and John was you know, giving me shit. And I just, well, I'm just figuring out the way, you know, the Russian game is played, la la la, you know, play along. Right. And then, so they're like, okay, they can reinstate me. And then it, it turned like from straight Russian face right to boom. The, the 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 vice president wants to fucking arm wrestle me. I'm like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, I like, what do you mean? Jam's like, yeah, but he's like, he's like, kind of used to be a wrestler. He's kind of he's older now, but he's like, he goes, he could be real strong. I'm like, oh fuck, this just <laughs> like I'm not expecting this. I'm like, okay, so, and they got the news in there. They got news in, and so I take off my jacket. This guy takes off his jacket, so we're sitting there and. So he's like real serious and he's, I can feel him. He's got a grip. And I was like, is this guy going to fucking slam me and like embarrass him? <laughs> At the same time, I don't want to slam him and embarrass him. So I just made the strongest arm I could. So I didn't let him pull me over. And I, then I held it in the middle. And then as soon as we started going, I was like, okay. So I kind of held him in the middle a little bit. And then I slowly kind of just, just pushed him down. He's like, oh, he gets up and gives me a Russian hug. I was like, oh. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, what's going on right now? And then they came in, had these ladies come in and bring me these bags of stuff from the KHL, like sweaters and, like, all this stuff. And then they took me for a whole tour of the KHL office, which was awesome, which was super awesome. All this right after getting reinstated into the league. Yeah, so I, I <laughs> in, in, in the van back to Chekhov with all these gifts – and this feeling of, of like, what the fuck just happened in there? I'm like, I was worried about playing hockey again in the KHL. And now I, I, I arm wrestled the vice president of the league and I come up with gifts. I'm like, what happened? I was like, this is odd. Like, you know, it was, but it was, it was crazy. But I was like, yeah. But thank God, I, I, you know, I got back, got back to reinstated to the league, of course. So, man, what, are the, what a fucking experience. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking great. It's wild. That's for sure. Um, well, before we go to the ECHL with your your last tenure in that league, I'm I, I collect jerseys myself, so I always have to ask a couple jersey questions. Did you ever have any customizations you did? Um, sometimes. I mean, I would shorten my my, my tie strap up a little bit, um, and there's different ways to do that. Whether I, you know, you actually get it shortened, have the manager shorten it up, um, so it, it was really like tied down. Um, but actually, in the later years, I um. I did more stuff when I was younger. In the later years, I never really put my tie down on and never really worried about it. Right. Because I kind of had, I was comfortable of the way I could fight and what I could do, and I never really had to worry about it. Um, so I never really did a ton of stuff to my jerseys ever for the most part. A few things when I was younger, shortening the fight strap and stuff, of course. I think I've seen one of yours with uh, Milwaukee. You had, like, skate laces in the front. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I put the skate laces in the front at one time instead of the old... Um, 
the little stuff they had. Yeah. There, oh, no, you mean in the tie down? Even was that in the tie down? It was like it was stitched to the, like the like the top of the crest on your Milwaukee jersey. It was like two skate laces that hung down. Yeah, yeah. So the inside. So that right. year, for a couple years, you're right. So what I would do is I would stitch it on the inside, and I would tie that down to the front of my pants. So the tie down was on the back and the front. Right. You so nobody could jersey you in the front. Yeah. So you could, couldn't jersey you in the front, and then I I kind of realized like, okay, I didn't really need that because they could still jersey. They could do shots from the side. And then I like to have the I, I found I like to have the stretch better, so I, I like that to be loose. So then I end up morphing everything, and I just went to the regular jersey my later years, which I found that was the best. But you know, you have your fun and do your things and old tricks you see growing up, and right, you know, you try everything. I think right, anything to get an advantage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're going to the ECHL. Did you kind of know at this time that you were winding down your career? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I came home not even expecting to play. Um, and then I got asked to because I was going into into some other work um, and, and some selection stuff that I had to do to go through it. So um, I got asked to kind of play a little bit. And so it, it worked out. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to stick with the game a little bit. Um, so I did. And um, it worked out good. You know, I got to play a little bit in Idaho that year. Um, I, I didn't agree the way what – that coach was doing to the team in, in, in any manner. Um, and he's a piece of shit. And I was at a point in my career that I didn't need to deal with it. Right. And I stood up for the team and a lot of the guys appreciated it. And I didn't, I just didn't give a fuck. Um, and so I left. And then my buddy who I played with in Peoria, Jason Christie, Smurphy called me, he needed somebody over there to help him coach and then play a little bit in, in Ontario. So I was like, yeah, this works out. I said, I kind of got to be in and out for some stuff, but um, so it worked out. So I did that for him, you know, for the last couple of years while I was kind of transitioning out, which was awesome. And I got to experience the game behind the bench now. Yeah. More. Um, and it, it was different and it was nice. I got to be a part of it. Um, especially, you know, being there with Jason Christie, who in a sense started my pro career almost and got me those call-ups, you know, to, um, you know, the American league. And then my contract with St. Louis, of course. So, it was nice kind of in my sense I got to start with him, was friends with him all the way through regardless where I was at, and then kind of got to finish out with him. And um, so that, that was that was pretty cool seeing, you know, that side of it. Right. So, well, I mean, I just got a couple more for you, man. I mean, it's been a good time fucking talking to you. This has been, this has been fun. This has been unreal. I love it. Yeah, well, it's funny. People can't even see fucking see that, of course, that we're, you know, video chatting. I'm over here, like, nerding out to it because this is fucking unreal. Um, (laughs) But uh, so you got into MMA and you're how many fights did you actually have total? I've, I've of course, seen your two knockouts where I've had like five, five, five official fights. I did some some underground stuff um, over those years, too, in the offseason. So I was, you know, I was a boxer growing up. And when I when I was in Boise. Uh, Nate Pettit, who's just a badass trainer, now trains in Vegas over with Randy Couture and a oh, bunch wow. of. Yeah, he's awesome. And then I got to work with, uh, you know, I got black belt in Muay Thai over the years, over there in Idaho with uh, with Pawn over at the Dragon Bushido. So I got to do some just some awesome learning because I love that stuff. But I originally did it because I always trained a little bit of boxing in the summer. So there was the gym in Boise, and I said I went there and said, hey, I just want to do some training. You know, can I come here and train? They're like, well, yeah. So they kind of brought me in. Then I learned like the MMA and kind of the Muay Thai style a little bit. And I just got to loving it. And I'm training and sparring with these guys. And they're like, hey, Yabs are like, man, you should get in a fight. 
I was like, oh, fuck yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll fucking fight. And next thing, you know, the fight rolls around. They got a fight lined up for me. And um, the first fight was kind of shitty because I got to fight this Rudy dude, this fat guy. But because um, my fighter backed out the last day. So gotcha. I, was like, oh, I didn't have a fight. And then morning of the fight, they call me like, hey, they got somebody to fight you. I'm like, oh, cool. So that fight's back on. Um, so whatever. Got to do it. And then I spent a lot of years training with those guys. Um, some really good dudes. And I got to learn a lot of stuff. Um, and it was, it was fun. I just loved it. It was just another aspect. I kind of used it as my cross training, my, my, my off-ice training, right? <laughs> yeah. Did you ever do any fighting lessons like um, like on ice? Did you ever practice on skates? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In the summers and stuff when I had a chance if we're on the ice. And, and I would actually help a lot of younger kids, too, that I work with. Awesome. And just learning because the little things you can do to protect yourself, right? You don't have to learn to fight to be a fighter, but something might happen one day where you have to fight or you have to protect yourself. So I love to pass that on. Um, and I, I still have a passion for training um, that stuff. Um, you know, I love doing it. Um, I love the off-ice training. Um, and I think there's a big part of it that can give you confidence in just your normal gameplay that you can take care of yourself. You don't have to be a fighter, but it gives you that little edge. You can play a little bit tough and gritty. Somebody that wants to turn around and drop the gloves, you know you can at least protect yourself. Exactly. I think there should be someone like that on every team to teach players because that's completely lost in today's game. So I, anybody I coach a team, I, I and if I was free, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I think it's it would be so important. Exactly. Well, man, I got one last question for you. If, if you could do it all again, would you? 100%. Uh, without a doubt, right from day one, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, I wish there was things I, I, you know, you look back, I wish I know now, I wish I know then what I know now, I would have did some different things along the way maybe, but I would go back and in a heartbeat and do it all over again. I loved it, loved the whole experience, loved all the brothers I made along the way, friendships inside the, 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 the locker room plus outside the locker room, um, and it's part of what's made me who I am today, so I would do it in a heartbeat. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you for your time, Yabo. I really appreciate it. This is this has been fucking unreal, and I can't thank you enough for coming on. You'll be the second player I ever have on here, so this is this is too fucking too fucking awesome, man. I love it. It's it's yeah, it's been a pleasure to be able to tell some stories, and um, yeah, I love love getting the the stories and the funny stories, the crazy stories, and some of the real information out there, especially about the. The, the, the Russian wedding. I didn't get <laughs> wedding everybody and fight people. <laughs> there you go. You heard it first here on the Five for Fighting podcast. Everything's been cleared up from Diablo over here. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate Turn it, man. You have yourself a good night, all right? Yeah, okay. Thank you, brother. Love the heart is over. They say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The part is over And tomorrow starts the same old thing again